And uh, I'm gonna weave this conversation into the podcast somewhere. I'll edit it in. It's a good, good chat. Um, but here we are. Yeah, sure. It's not that deep. Episode eleven. Bro, you always forget the bro every time. I get it, so you can fuck <laughs> me, man. <laughs> what do you What do you mean? Shut up! I like you serving it up. It's not that deep, bro. Let's 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 say the whole thing. It's not that deep, bro. How Thank you. you. Uh, I'm good. Um, quarantine is is still happening. Unfortunately, definitely still happening. Mm. But any for me is gonna anything. I'm to sorry. Uh, for me is gonna end soon, but hope I hope it's not for the wrong reasons. Okay. I guess I hope it's not just because the company I work for is trying. To make money instead of think of safety. Safety, yeah. Like if it's sensible to money. help. I'm sorry. That's sensible. Yeah. If it's to help, like other people, like because some of the jobs that we do offer the NHS. That if it's for that, then yeah, fair enough. But if it's for profit, then it's really greedy. Know what I mean? They're really greedy. It'll be, um, yeah. I hope. I hope you're safe going back. Mm. Yes, sir. What so, about you? How you been? Yeah, I've been good. You know, um, it's it's a good time to be cracking on with uh, all sorts of productive bits. So you know, in terms of music and and all of Creativity. that. Creativity. Yeah, it's uh, it's beneficial on that side of things. So I'm just trying to use this time to the maximum you know get the most potential out of it that i can mm-hmm. that's all good but it's good i'm keeping chipper mm-hmm. so are you enjoying yourself are you like what i am what have you been doing well i don't want to like revel in it too much because i'm just trying to get stuff done but i've been just making a lot of music and pouring myself into a project mm-hmm that hopefully will rear its head in the near future. I mean, yeah, that's that's the uh, that's the goal, ain't it? I'm gonna be coy about it until it uh, until it's here. But mm-hmm. this is a film. This this episode, Martin, is one I'm particularly excited to do because it's one of the films that when I first kind of thought about doing this podcast, it was one of the films like I had in mind. It was nearly like the first film we watched. But maybe thought I maybe I thought really? much because like erase you, it's obtuse as Eraserhead. This film. Why? What wasn't the sec? What wasn't it? The second film I watched. Because we just got on a roll with different things. Two thousand one, Holy Mountain, and this film that we're about to talk about. They were like the three films that I had in my brain because they were films that like they. I don't know, they just stand the test of time. I think those three films you could watch in like any time period and get something from it. They're just like images. They're not dated films. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. It's a, it's a weird sort of like 
introduction. You watch Transformers. Oh, sorry. I was just saying you watch Transformers and like you know exactly when that was made. Like you can pinpoint them because of the compute, like the music in it and the way that it's shot and shit like that. You can like very much pinpoint exactly when that was made. But like these films, there's nothing in them that in my head puts them in an era. They're very much out of like human timeline. All all three of them that were. the ones you just said, I. <laughs> Two thousand and one, you can sort of guess what era it's from, but you can't. You can. You can't. You can say, oh, because it looks too far ahead of its time. Do you know so what I mean? The space, so like, it, like all the. It, the shots in space and the shots inside the space station, especially I think the shots inside the space station, the way they're stylized and the furniture and like the environments, they could be fucking any, like, I think they're timeless shots. They're like a really good estimation of some bits aren't like some of the computers and the touchscreen stuff, because obviously like they were limited by, I guess, that would be how 2001 is dated. It's like stuff mm-hmm. like the touchscreen and stuff like that. But in terms of, I don't know, just some of the furniture and some of the architecture and of the space stations, it's, it's bloody brilliant. Mm-hmm. It's uh, a, they're all just extremely. From Eraserhead to 2001, we are on to the Holy Mountain. The Dora, Holy I, Mountain. Alejandro Jodorowsky. Hey. Jodorowsky. I, I've been trying to figure out how to say his name Jodorowsky. for so long. Just because I didn't look at it in the internet on like Google and stuff. So he's I was thinking... Chil- he's a Chilean man, and he's still alive. He's 91. 91? Jesus. Yeah, he's, he's pretty old. So he's been doing... Wasn't he the main character as well? Um, bear with me. Yes. In fact, yeah. he, is, he is the main character. Um, I thought so. So, I'll just give you a bit of background on who he is. He, as I said, a Chilean man, and he, he's basically known for this film called El Topo. Um, and El Topo, I've not seen El Topo, and it's a film you should probably watch at some point. But as mm. far as I'm aware, it's about a man played by Jodorowsky called El Topo. And I'm led to believe he's like just an outrageous figure. He like rides a horse and it says it's characterized by its bizarre characters, uses of dwarf performers and heavy doses of Christian symbolism and Eastern philosophy. But that film's important because it got the attention of, it was released in 1970 and it got the attention of the former members of the Beatles. Really? Uh, yeah, yeah, they like really liked El Topo, and what they did is they paid money for him to make his second film, The Holy Mountain. Right. So this film that you're watching is like funded by the Beatles um, and their manager Alan Klein through their company Apple, or like an off their film off branch of Apple, not mm-hmm. not this laptop Apple, like yeah. their own company Apple, and. Um, because the Beatles liked, you know, the themes that Jodorowsky puts in his films, all the spiritual side of it, and there is. So this film, 
I think it's important to give it a bit of context like that because I think this film can scare people. You can be like, this film's like underground and dark and where did this come from, like sort of thing. But no, this is like, loads of people know about this film. It's like a pretty well-celebrated film. It's known to be like one of the most, I don't, I wouldn't want to label it as the most surreal film, but it's just, it's definitely an experience and people celebrate it. It's a well-known film. To me, it's probably the weirdest film I've ever watched. Like, so, ever. For, ever. For those of hands you down. Hands down. seen it, I'm now going to... We're going to let Martin just take us through what he made of this experience because it's not a film that you can... Like, this happens and then there's the middle section and, like, it's not like that. It's, no. Um, there's it's, there's it's no, like... It's... This what, film... What did you make it, of it, Martin? This film is sort of what I would, I would um, look for in a game. There's no like leniency, you know what I mean? Like there's no like one path to complete this level, and then you get onto the next one, and then there's a, a straight path into another level. No, no, no. It's That's all like it. it's like a bit this. like when I played Fallout for the first time, like. I remember New Vegas specifically, you, you know, you uh, you get out of Dr. Mitchell's cabin and then you go mm-hmm. to uh, Sunny Smiles at the saloon to practice rifle shooting and learn how to mm-hmm. rifle shoot. And me being the impatient ADHD person that I am, got bored of that tutorial and thought, I'm just going to cut her in the head. And I did. And obviously, like normally, I was expecting to get told, like I thought the mission had end and I get told to like restart. She just exploded. I bloody mess on and she just exploded yeah. and I just couldn't believe I was like oh I this is happening that I can do yeah. anything and that yeah that's a good good analogy it, 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 oh 100% this is what like how the movie starts with me I'm like it, from the first scene to the last scene I could still think that opening scene anywhere. if I recall correctly it opens and he there's like a little ritual scene with some people isn't there in a yeah, room two and, girls Two girls and the dude in the black hat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And then oh, the alchemist, the main character, the alchemist, wakes up, doesn't he, on a street? I think. Mm. He just, like, wakes up. It's like, has he taken, like, a drug or something? And he, like, wakes up and fucking, there's, like, a parade going on. No, 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 not at all. He, oh, on. He, he's on a... It's on like this mountain or it looks like a mountain. And he, this is what like 1973 was a fucking wild year Mate, after this. It, it, it was a wild year for films. Started it was a fucking you wild know. year. Just, just cause of the fact that the whole entire time of that first or well, second scene where he's, laying on a street covered in what I think is his own urine. Probably. That cover his face covered in in flies. Don't loads of dwarves run by at this point. No, no, it's not dwarves, it's children. Naked children. <laughs> Naked children. I remember now. This is why I'm like, this is a as soon as I saw that I'm like, what is happening? I know for a fact this is going to be the weirdest show I've ever seen in my life. And it's just... 
it was about 12 it was 12 to 15 naked children I'm like that, this is wild where are their parents I mean, why are they all naked I had so many questions in like 10 minutes it's been 10 minutes bro like what is going on is that shortly followed by people walking down the street with dog carcasses as flags I, 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 I thought I thought they were goats I'm not going to lie to you there was something going on what got me <laughs> was the funniest the funniest bit about that scene was when there's people there getting shot to death and people are taking pictures like it's a common thing that happens every day and everyone's there like a tourist going, oh my God, look at this shit. Like what more, most people nowadays do. You know what I mean? We're like cell phones and shit. Oh my God, look at this shit. Look at this shit. And I'm like, I, is, is this like a, a it's weird how they predicted. Well, it's a comment. It's like they pre- yeah, it's like they predicted how we are now. Do you get what I'm saying? Um, see, that is already more insight, Martin, than some people would would take from from this film. It, like, mm-hmm. it's it's a comment. <laughs> the whole thing. And what it, what made me laugh about that scene was the fact that after they shot all these people and they were like tourists, saw tourists taking pictures or whatever. There was a beautiful woman there and all of a sudden this man, this Chinese man that was shooting the people on the street started, saw this woman that was like quite hot and started like fucking her right on, like right on the street, like started raping her and then She's there like, oh, yeah, take a picture. Take a picture. And I'm like, what the... F- I what do remember is this. happening? It's outrageous. What's... The- oh, Jesus Christ. So, like, then... I'm just... I've got a brief synopsis in front of me because I've not seen it in a few months. And mm-hmm. it's just a, <laughs> a fever dream of a film to kind of remember. Um <laughs> I, I can remember every fucking, oh, every scene. You get the frogs, then the frogs come, don't they? Yeah, then the frog. The thing is, you, you skip a little bit because before, like, before it ha- like, after the children, you know, just before the children, there was, it, there was a man, a limbless man. Yeah, footless, handless dwarf. I'm reading that here. Yeah, and he he's the one that saw like sees this man on the ground with like loads of flies on his face and I, I presume that he thinks that he's dead so then the children come into the, the picture pick him up and put him on a cross and they start throwing rocks at him for no apparent reason I'm thinking, oh okay they, they must think he's dead then he just wakes up angry as fuck does a does a Hulk and fucking comes out of these uh, rope dies on starts screaming at the top of his fucking head, and then all of a su- all of a sudden him and the dwarf are fucking best mates, and they walk to the sea. 
obviously then the then the caucus thing happens, the shoe-in, whatever. Then the frogs happen. And that <laughs> that's like it's like I a small even... model city that's mm-hmm. been constructed or like a temple and that are frogs sat all over it. and it's lots of close up shots of these frogs, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. But then it it just transpires to these frogs going into war with each other and there's just the whole city becomes enveloped full of blood there's so much like destruction going on as well there's all like explosions constantly I might be jumping ahead here is this I remember a bit where there's like a room full of mannequins (laughs) you're jumping ahead I'm jumping ahead, yeah, okay, yeah. We'll, we'll get there. <laughs> yeah, it, uh, it's not even mannequins. <laughs> it, it's like... Prosthetic limbs. No, paper mache versions of the main character. But like, a room, like... Full of them, it's like a warehouse, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, like a full warehouse made of paper mache <laughs> versions of this guy that look like Jesus. Ah, yes. <laughs> oh I remember the Christ, yes. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it, it's sort of like this man is carrying the limbless person. Yeah, on his back, like around the fucking the whole city. And it's he meets these four, no, three gladiators that are massive, like huge. And then there's this other man that's dressed as a woman but has a beard. <laughs> and he's just like, I keep looking at this. And still now, still now, not a single word has been spoken. It's good, isn't it? <laughs> it's like 45 minutes in, and a single word has not yet been I'm uttered. The first words uttered in the film, you are excrement, but you can turn yourself into gold. No. You can turn your excrement into gold. That's why it says. No, 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 no. It says, I swear that's what I've it says. This. I've got it in front of me. You are excrement. You can change yourself into gold. What's no, happening yeah. during that scene, Martin? Yeah. <laughs> 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 no, this is probably the first film I don't want to talk about all this shit that's been happening. I'm like, what the... F-? No. It, when it comes to films and they're having like a sort of fucking shit ritual, I just turn away. I'm like... This is fucking weird and disgusting. I can't, Come on, I can't keep looking like, at you it. You've got to explain to the audience what's happening. He climbs a tower with the midget on his back. No, he doesn't. He doesn't climb a tower with the midget on his back. It says, the thief wishing to source the gold ascends the tower. Yeah, but not with the, the guy. Just It's just himself. He, he sort of... <laughs> sees this massive like square that has a whole that's given food away to other people by rope 
but then he decides to follow it. So then he gets on the rope and starts climbing the rope with a fucking knife on the back of not even on the back of him. Like at this point, he's he's almost naked. He's got like just his fucking <laughs> this weird ass um, pants on that just covers his crotch and then leaves his ass out or whatever. Puts a knife between there, and I'm like, how the fuck does he hold the knife? The knife must at least cut through this paper thin wall thing that he has on and I don't know how he keeps it anyway he climbs the fucking climbs the rope gets in and <laughs> sees this black woman naked and a man dressed in full white full white looks like um, look I remember that white man <laughs> What? I remember this white man. He's, he's, he's got powerful. Yeah, powerful. Um, he looks like um, oh, what's his name? Spirit Jazz from the Mighty Boosh. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> he looks like a Mortal Kombat character. Can't remember his name. Right? Yeah. Uh, huh? Raid. That's it, Raiden. Yeah, he looks like Raiden. For so for some reason, just it reminded me of Raiden straight. Away. I was like, is he gonna be like throwing lightning at his fingers at some point? Like it could have this middle film at any point could have turned anywhere. Like I I was expecting so much different shit every second of every minute that that film went on. Like it just could have gone. I mean, it, anywhere. it keeps you on your toes. <laughs> Like it does, like I, just, I couldn't keep a single thought of like what could happen next. It could have been a billion different things. Isn't that what you want out of an experience? You know? No. What no. do you mean? Why would you what? want something where you knows what what's gonna happen? No, 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 no. I never said I want like, but everything leads to something. It's not just like. But we'll get there. You know, there's an ending to this film and nothing. No, I get it. I get it. But like, the the way that it was presented, it could have been, you could have been, you could have seen uh, a massacre, right? At any, at any given point in the film, you could have seen either a massacre or a fucking baby being born. Like it, there, there was not, there was no like ah, but, to to go from like one to the other. Do you know what I mean? Well, let's just press on. Let's. All right. Cool. We'll, let's just. Uh, we're, we're, we're with that man. Is called the Alchemist, by the way. The man with the white hat. The Alchemist. Yes, he's called the Alchemist. Because he can turn shit into gold. Which is indeed what happens, and the words, you are excrement, you can change yourself into gold, are spoken, and we see defecation happening in a, if I recall correctly, like a see-through um, casserole dish. Bowl? Yeah, like, uh, it's, yeah. it's uh, fucking weird. It's fucking weird. steam. It's perplexing, I'll admit. How the fuck... Does this man 
done in a oh in a glass fucking bowl full of steam that's made from his own shit. Is he then cleaned at this point? Yeah, he's cleaned at this point, yeah. So he's sort of like quite a few graphics. There a hippo in that scene as well. A hippo? Live hippo. There's a lot of live animals in this film as well, isn't there? There is a hippo in, in a in a bath scene, I seem to recall. You're getting to me because I, I don't remember the hippo being in there. It was just like a background thing. It's just something I know, but it's one of those things where I'm like, I don't know. You see a hippo. Oh, yeah. yeah it's normally yeah. CG or something like that, but no, it's yeah. obviously a real hippo. Yeah, yeah it's, a re- <laughs> it's a real hippo. Yeah, yeah I remember. I'm like, on hi- I remember because I, I thought about it. I'm like, on hippos, fucking dangerous to be around. They kill so many people. Yeah, or maybe they're endangered. Well, this was, you know, 50 years ago at this point. So uh, Obviously, like I said, 1973, mm. fucking wild year for films. Well, like, wild. we'll do a video where we talk about, I don't know, 65 to 75, that decade just there. <laughs> the concept Jesus. of what between those 10 years is, is fairly outrageous. I mean, you could extend it back, go like... I think 1900 to 1980 is just. You know what this this film reminded me of, like, as I was watching it? What? Like, obviously, we haven't talked about it. We haven't made a video about it, but we haven't, like, uploaded it and talked about it online. But um, when we're watching other short films and we watched that. Uh, baby moving wind, water wind. So yeah, yeah, I can't remember the name. Window. As soon as, as soon as I saw this film, halfway through, I was like, it reminded me of that. Of that, I like. I completely forgot about it, and as soon as I watched it, I was like, I mean, this is fucking weird as as weird as this. One day, maybe I'll upload just the footage of you watching Window Water Baby. Just that one clip. Window Water Baby movie. What the fuck? Yeah, yeah, I'm not even going to say what that is. But you can go, anyone who wants to know what that is, just type in Window Water Baby moving. If we ever upload that discussion, people will see that me and Martin had a disagreement on whether that film should be shown. (laughs) I said it should be shown in school. But I should have refined Bad. No, and I also believe, Martin, that this film falls into the same category. Not that it should be shown at schools, but that <laughs> what every, fucking jo- every adult human being should watch this film. I think. Look, look. The the fact is, right, that you it wasn't that it should like the fact that you said, oh, it should be shown in schools because school you could show that in medical school. Fair enough, but when you said we should, we, no, no, when you said we should show this to children, is when I was like, no, no. Thinking about it in a wrong set, I was talking about in a totally appropriate, like, I, I, I'm fairly sure, not even in a science class, like, okay, you a lesson called PHSD, which was like a 20 minute thing that you did 
after the first break before your second or third lesson of the day and it was meant to be about like I don't know you could ask your form tutor if you had any personal problems or things that you needed help with and then sometimes they'd be like I don't know what you'd call them it'd be like where sex education was taught and like things like that bullying depression self-harm mental health all these different topics fall under that bracket there's definitely a video on my Facebook of me putting a condom onto a banana in front of the whole class in RE. So these sort of topics definitely branch over into a range of different lessons that I was taught in my curriculum. You know, you had your science class, which where you get sex education. I'm pretty sure we had like workshops where because obviously sex education is awkward for like people to teach. They get like specialists to come in to make sure that it's taught properly and there's no ambiguity surrounding any of the topics. And I'm pretty sure I was shown a video of a baby being born. So, okay. But listen, listen, you're, you're, you're proving my point even more. It was, it was shown in a professional medical way. This is not the way it is shown when you watch Window Baby Water moving, whatever. Spitzel? What? They're in a hospital when the baby's being born. No, they ain't. It's called a water birth, mine. You need to get your head more around how birth <laughs> You need to watch it more. Oh, okay, because it explains that, doesn't it? Like, better than a person that could teach you it. I think it's fairly self-explanatory. <laughs> then wh- why uh, do you want to show children a baby being born and not explain it? You, uh, that's do you really think... That, that's do you, not what I said. I never said. You got me out, right, in yeah. your head. I'm going yeah. around the country on a campaign <laughs> where I'm just walking into schools, not introducing myself or saying anything. I walk into a school assemblage with a projector. I go, let's play. Water Baby Moving by Stan Brackage plays. And then I take the projector and I just leave. And I go around schools and do that. I simply yeah, not. That's, exa- that's exactly what I think you're doing. That is Because you're saying, what I was exactly. You know, would, you know, what would okay. a doctor be there and be like, oh, well, this is what's happening. No, well, what's happening like, is. Hello, kids. Welcome to science. <laughs> they were okay. going to be talking about a topic that's a little, uh, a little awkward to talk about. I know. And that's why we use different uh, mediums of art to show these things are a bit awkward. So today we're going to be talking about sex education. Okay. And right. here right. we have a film made by a gentleman called Stan Brackett showing his wife giving birth. And it's a very natural process, kids. It's nothing to feel awkward about. So here we are, window water baby moving. Okay. But if you've seen the fucking video, all right? You've seen it. You know what happens in it. It's not like uh, straightforward. No, no, no. The video keeps cutting in and out, in and out. Children are going to be like, what well, the fuck I am think, I watching? I think the version we watched might have been like an edited version so it didn't get taken down off YouTube because it's a fairly old clip and like it's a fairly old film and stuff like that but okay if I saw the proper version then maybe I ain't seen the proper version you showed me this other one that film had been shown in a educational capacity but (laughs) I think that this film also could never be shown I don't think there's any lesson where you could show this film and get away with oh my god there's no there's no there's no lesson no 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 you could show it at universities 
Yeah, of course. Universities for if you're in film studies or, or if you're, you're in the nineteen like um, hippie hip- culture and stuff like that's that. That's right. Yeah. Um, but but if you you couldn't you couldn't go to like a GCSC school and be like, let me put this film on. It's nearly three hours long. Yeah, but I, like, two I hours long. So like get away with it in like media studies like my GCSE no. media studies we did Inglorious Bastards and that at times felt like sitting there in media studies watching um, which one is it Goering there's like a quick shot where he's just like having sex with his wife but it's like like that quick <laughs> yeah. like in a class with everybody at like age 15 I remember thinking that was outrageous but then when you see a film like The Holy Mountain you realise Inglorious <laughs> It's a small potato. Yeah, it's it, it's not even like on the same scales as a fucking is an ant compared to Holy Mountain. You know what I mean? So getting back to it, as we yeah. said, there is a scene with excrement turning into gold, and then he's cleaned, and there's a scene that's fairly infamous because it's a close-up shot of the characters. Um, buttocks being cleaned with a sponge. Very close up. And George Harrison was meant to play the main character. George Harrison being the lead guitarist and backup singer for the the Beatles. Uh, He was meant to play the lead. He liked the film so much that he was meant to play the lead role. But he he basically said, I'm not doing that scene. That's why he didn't end up playing the main character. Just for that one scene? Compared to everything else in the fucking film? Well, I think... I don't know, Martin. We ever make a what film, and I ask you to clean your anus on a film. We'll see how it goes down. No, well, uh, it all depends on like what you want me to do in the whole film. Like, it's I'm not going to be. I'm glad to see your openness, Martin. It's 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 not it's not going to be like we're halfway through filming something, and you go, "Well, mine, I want you to fucking." Cut yourself in three different places. You choose, and I'd be like, "No." And then you go, "Well, I'm gonna get a new, I'm gonna get a new character." You will learn a bit more about how this film was not made in a traditional manner. There was lots of, um, <laughs> don't know, experimentation and oh, stuff going I on. I can see that. So I can see that. He's cleaned, and we get the scene, and then he's confronted. Just this, this, the film kind of takes a shift after this point. Like you move away from that first bit of the film is very much like, how do I explain it? As close to reality as you're ever going to get within this film because you're like in a city. That's as basic, like, that's what I mean as like in terms mm-hmm. of close to reality. The next bit of the film, you're like introduced to these seven characters and it. We completely missed something. Go on. We completely missed something. We missed. There's a scene where there's what ten women, and they all come out of this fucking place, and they all got this um, sort of leotard top on that see-through, mm-hmm. and they all represent what I'm thinking. They're all representing to be prostitutes, and there's. A, like a girl no more than 10 years old being 
being sort of talked to by this priest looking man then he takes his fucking eye out and gives it to her solid stuff Oh yeah, of course it is pure salad. That is, I understand. As soon as I saw that, I was like, "I'm losing my fucking mind watching this. I am gonna lose my mind." I, I thought I probably shouldn't watch this, but for the sake of, I don't know. That is the spirit mind. Never back out. No, 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 I'm not going to give up. I was like, for the sake of Jack and the podcast we do, fuck it, why I'm, not? I'm just, you know, there's more of this film. I just can't wait to see what you, uh, I think I'll be able to give you some context, Martin, and make you feel a bit more um. I'm hoping. Secure I, don't, I, don't, I, I don't think it, I'm hoping. You know what I mean? Like the, the, uh, you couldn't just tell me to watch this film and be like, "Well, yeah, that's the that's, that's the whole it. film. That's, that's it. it. No, that's no, it." No, no, if you, if you say it. that, I'll be like, "You know what? I don't want to do the podcast anymore." <laughs> <laughs> What's the point? Just watch so, the weirdest shit ever. He meets, and I don't want to. You know, I want to leave something. Like, I highly recommend people go watch this film. He meets seven different people. And each one of them represents a different planet. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, each one represents a different planet. And they, it's those seven and then three other, the alchemist assistant and the alchemist, they yeah. form 10. Yeah. But that, it, which is weird because they were like, oh, there's nine of us. Oh, there's one missing. And I'm like, in the whole film, you see that there's 10 constantly. There's constantly ten, but they were like, "Oh no, there's none of us. Oh, one's missing." I'm like, "Isn't John Orosky the tenth? Huh? Isn't John Orosky the tenth? Yeah. So it, which is what I mean. Like he, there's a. Well, he's been like initiated into the ten. They're, they're saying there's always been nine, and now you're here. No, 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 no. They said in one of the scenes they that um uh. You know, before they get on the boat. Yeah, to Lotus Island. Yeah. They 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 have like a they talk they talk to this man up this mountain and they do like a ritual where they like sit around a circle. Yeah. And then they look around and they're like, Oh, there's there's nine of us. One's missing. And then this this one of the characters looks in the water and is like, Oh, there he is. He's dead. But then, as when they get on the boat, I counted. I even stopped the film and I counted each person that was on that boat. And there was 10. And I was like, there wasn't nine, there's 10. Did he come back alive? What? What's happening? There'll be like a a reason for that. (laughs) I'm assuming. I I was so confused because I was like, there's not nine, there's 10. Why do they keep saying nine? There's 10. I'll have to look into that. So we see the ten, that each the seven planets, and you you kind of see a vision from each one of the planets, and then they mm-hmm. travel to a place called Lotus Island. After you see what each one of the planets have to offer, and mm-hmm. on Lotus Island, what's going on on Lotus Island, Martin? Which bit is this? 
this is the place. There's a place called the Pantheon Bar. And there's a lot of people. <laughs> oh, my God. It's one of my favorite birds. Is it? Yes. Well, when they... <laughs> oh, Jesus. Come on. Right. Is this the bit where they're in this bar and they get, they get stopped? They After do. they get on the boat and they're like, oh, yeah, come, come in here, come, come in here, come in here. Come over here, come over here. And <laughs> they, go into the, <laughs> they go into this bar and then there's... Uh, I'm sort of drawing a blank, to be honest. Well, I can tell you that there's a man who can only move sideways. He's like... <laughs> It's, it's all these people that claim yeah, to mastered the holy mountain. Yeah, uh, yeah, they, they've all mastered the holy mountain. And not, he can't just move sideways. He can teleport sideways. He can only teleport diagonally. Nah, he can't no, teleport. He, no, he just moves. Like, he moves like this, and he's like, <laughs> I can only move, like, left and right. Then, horizontally, a, that's what he says. Hor- I can only move yeah, horizontally. Horiz- no, no, no! It's 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 like not a like that. It's got like big muscles. Yeah, but he's he can't go through. He can go he through. Can't go up, holy yeah, he can't go up, but he can go through things horizontally. And then they were like, "Oh, ha, have you been to the holy mountain at the top?" Is that no? I can't go up. I can only go horizontal. And he moves through stuff. And then I'm like, "What is?" I know, who's this I, man? I, I know who that, I know exactly who that man is. Is that like Hulk Hogan? Is that, he's just, it looks so weird. We'll go um, back, we'll go back. We're, we're very close right now um, to, to the end of the film. Mm-hmm. So they leave the Pantheon Bar and on this island, Lotus Island, there is said holy mountain that we've heard so much about. Or there is a mountain. Yeah. And the um, climb up. With an ape. There's an ape. What? They climb up the mountain with a young prostitute. The feast is sent back to his people with a young prostitute and an ape. Yeah, that the woman has the ape, but they don't. It, it, they're not in the group. This is why, like, we skipped a little bit because the set. When I was talking about the prostitutes, they she's part of the prostitutes, and she saw the. Um, not the alchemist, the other guy. I don't know what his name is. He looked like Jesus, I guess. It, they, he, she looked at him, and he looked at her, and sort of like they had a scene. She had a moment where it was sort of like love at first sight. Yeah. And started following him everywhere with this ape on her hand, with like carrying it as as a like a child. And <laughs> this is where, like, they get to, like, near the top of the mountain and then they see, they see, like, obviously they're, they're all, ch- in, the, in the whole film, he's chasing the nine immortals, no, the seven immortals mm. at the top of the mountain. Yeah. They're all searching for immortality. 
That's what that enlightenment, what, immortality. Yeah, yeah that's like that's why like halfway through the film they tell you that they're looking for. Yeah. Right? And they're still like they get to the just before they see the the fucking immortals and the, the alchemist says, Oh, here they are. Just stay here and meditate for seven hours. Oh no, three hours before you go up there. And so the alchemist is like, oh, talks to the other guy who looks like Jesus, I guess, and says, oh, come with me. And then he's like, oh, you've, the student has become the master. Now you have to kill me. And he gives him a massive sword. And as soon as he like, and he's like, bows his head, it's like, just chip my head off. And he's like, as soon as he chips his head off, he chips the head off a fucking goat instead of the man. And the man is like, you've learned so well. Here's this woman. She's the love of your life. Free her right. And then he leaves. And I'm like, what? He's, isn't he the main character? What, what the fuck is happening? And then he's so like, the alchemist goes back to the other people and then he confronts the immortals, I guess. And he sees everyone's like, oh, Let's, they're trying to like kill him but then they find out that all the immortals are mannequins or paper mache of other people yeah. and are like fakes and then he so like tells them that they, their immortality or enlightenment you've already gotten yeah. I guess and I'm like Oh, what is happening? What is going to happen? This is—is is this so where then, the film ends? So then, what happens? <laughs> what happens, Martin? Then he sort of like tells them that this whole thing that they've been going through. Well, you get the is, line. Zoom back, camera. Yeah, yeah. He's like, oh, this has all been a film. And it's zoom back, camera. Shot. Yeah, and it just shows the whole fucking entire um, crew and set. And I'm like, this is, this is unbelievable. This is, what the fuck? So that is, That's the correct word. <laughs> once I saw that, once I saw that, I was like, wait, <laughs> wait. <laughs> Are you telling me that life is just a film? Nearly. I mean, you're not too proud. With with the last lines of the film being, goodbye, holy mountain, real life awaits us. Mm-hmm. And then they just move out. And I'm like, ah! Leaves. Oh. Okay, so... Weird-ass film. That's like a basic breakdown of what you you see. That's, that's a pretty good first experience. And you, you remembered it, and you, you know, you are articulated it fairly well I'm impressed oh. I think some people would just be like being fear for part of it and not be you know what I mean like it it would really unnerve them I think if to be honest I persevered because of the fact I thought of you and I thought of like I'm do I'm watching this for a reason I feel like if people don't have a reason to watch this after the first 25 minutes, they'll turn it off. I think 
you know what I mean? If they if they just persevere to the sort of like the end and get a sort of message out of it, then that's all fair. But like most people nowadays are are thinking, well, this doesn't make sense to my life. I shouldn't be watching it. You know it's, what I'm saying? I think it's so short sighted because okay, in comparison, like we that's twenty four hours in a day and this film's three hours and I get two. it like two hours. Yeah. Here we are. 155. 115. 115? Yeah. That's what it says here. Fucking, it felt longer to me. So, that's like just under two hours. Well, two hours is like nothing in the grand scheme of how long you live. And this film, as you just said, like the average person wouldn't persevere through it, but it's designed. I think you should watch this film designed for you to know nothing about it. You're not meant to... It is designed... It presents you with images and you're meant to... They're meant, those images are meant to spark off things in your brain. That's more of what this film is. Where, like, a normal film will come in and, like, hold your hand and be like, this is... These are these people and this is what they're doing and, you know what I mean? Like, really hold your hand through it. This film is just meant to show you things and it's like an association thing like you see what's happening on screen and that is meant to make you kind of be like hmm like i recognize it's about the actions that happen within the film it's like if you made an assessment of everything that was wrong with society and the way that people act and then you took those things that are wrong with society and you exaggerated them wildly mm-hmm. to their like most exaggerated point and yeah. then that's the film it's all the po- parts of the holy mountain is a metaphor for everyone in life trying to like whether you're religious or you're spiritual or you're atheist everyone's trying to reach some point of like ultimate happiness aren't they like all, we're all trying to find the meaning of life and we're all trying to like get through it yeah and yeah that is what the holy mountain like means so that's like the premise for the film that everyone is on a path trying to get through this thing and mm-hmm. there's lots of things that you're going to come up against on your journey through this trip up the holy mountain um and sort you, of like the trip through life yeah, yeah, summit, the trip, summit. climbing up the mountain, it's, it's a metaphor mm-hmm. for it. And in those intro scenes, as you say, we see all these horrible things going on in the streets. Um, it's it. If you say specifically what's going on in those scenes, it sounds horrible, but be more general about it. What do we see in the streets? We see, like, corruption. We see um, pain. We see people taking photos of, of pain and mm-hmm. of violent acts and negative things so so like like putting them out there so like what's happening it's exactly like what's happening now you know exactly. what I mean? like, you made that point which i was happy about like you obviously got that that's what i mean like it, it's not going to hold your hand and it's not going to say but it's very at the same time it's also very simple and obvious like you just look at what's happening it's people taking pictures of someone being raped that's like bad like that that's the point of that it's as simple as that mm-hmm. but because there's like a topic that you meant to like analyze films and be all smart about it. Now nah, drop all that bullshit. I like just watch this film and like see what it says to you. And it it was made in 1973, but this is why I was talking about it being 
like a race ahead or 2001, it's relevant today. You pointed that out. Like even more with these things, we see the worst things ever documented. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what that beginning scene is like walking through society. What's he doing? He's walking down a street. So a street is the thing that we walk down every day. Well, <laughs> not right now, maybe, but in theory, back when the nine to five machine was up and running, the street is like the arena for the public. It's where it's where the things happen, isn't it? You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So in a very basic way, the main character's walking down the street and he's seeing all these horrible things happen. And it's kind but of like it to be honest, it's it's showing them out of like because now we've been like sort of cultured into seeing to seeing these terror well cultured into seeing these things and making them feel justifiable do you know what I mean like you you go down a them scenes or of them like goats or dogs or whatever it's on sticks and people walking around. It's normal. It, it, it's like going down like a, I don't know, like a butcher's and just it's, seeing dead, they, dead yeah. animals everywhere. And you're like, oh, that's normal. That's normal. It's saying what, it's like a comment on what our society has deemed to be normal, exaggerated. Because yeah. what, what I think one of the main points is, is, I think when you when you think about like habits and just think about I'm talking about an individual as an individual, you should think about how your actions and how your habit patterns are going to spiral because that's what happens. Like that's what humans do. Like if you. You practice a set of practices, they're going to spiral and develop into something bigger. So you want to make sure that your practices and your habits are coming from a good place, the source, the seed of that's how like a plant grows, isn't it? You plant a seed and then slowly this thing spirals out of it and it blossoms into all different, all different things. And you've got to make sure that the seed's good. If something's bad at the heart, if, if an idea is bad, then the resulting fruit from that tree is going to be bad basically and that is what this film is saying about society it's like we don't have time for the seed to watch we're watching the tree grow and as the tree's growing we're being like you know with global warming and as you say like the meat industry and farming and terror and all of that we're like watching this bad tree grow and we're being like it's pretty bad isn't it this tree (laughs) <laughs> like, yeah, but we're not yeah. Like, doing anything not about doing anything. it. No, no, that's it. You're not like cutting the tree down. You're not like nurturing it so it goes into like a, a good, good with good fruit like, hanging off. Yeah, and exactly. Yeah, but this film the to bear good fruit. is to take those points to their most exaggerated form so we can see them because we don't have time to let it actually happen. Like yeah. you watch the events in the that film and be like, oh, that's never going to happen we don't know what's going to happen that was like a um, a guess you know it's, it, it's, we never knew that this sort of lockdown shit was going to happen you know what I mean all sorts of stuff happen that you don't think is going to happen so you might watch yeah. something that you're like oh my god this is like crazy this must be like drug fuel this must be out there and it's like well it's talking very much about like the world you live in and mm. there's you can talk about it if you know it's it's more about like the mindset of where this Jodorowsky guy's coming from. 
but you need to understand like his it's not even his I'm talking about like this is his philosophy mm-hmm. if you read like just the synopsis of the film it says it's a surreal fantasy film with elements of eastern mysticism um, and alchemy <clears throat> and they're the topics that you're going to want to understand if you're going to want to understand this film because those two topics, just their alchemy and mysticism, are just ancient people trying to extrapolate how to get through life. Mm-hmm. And we, just to me, that seems to be like what we're missing, or at least what like the ninety-nine percent, the middle class, and the working class. Everyone's looking for a way. You walk into supermarkets, you look at the bookshelves, like they're all full of these self-help, get confident now, self-help for you and all this, it's all self-esteem, it's all, it's all, you know what I mean, like help me, I need a helping hand, somebody show me the way and this was like 50 years ago, this film was like 50 years ago and that is when... like like society now, the thing is, he, he might not even... He might not even like. It might have even happened, been happening. He'd been looking at it and been happening so much, even fifty years ago, that we haven't changed in fifty years as well, human beings. You know what I mean? Like the technology has changed, obviously, massively. If you look at what was happening, <clears throat> okay, so in the nineteen sixties. You've come out of World War II in 1945, okay? And then mm-hmm. during World War II, I'm just talking about Britain here, the whole country, generalization, and it's not like a 100% fact, it's, it, it serves for what I'm trying to get across here. The whole country was like behind the war effort. It was like, plant your own vegetables, ration food, a bit like what's going on now, like we're all in this together sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And we, there was like a great spirit that ran through the country that in, in the eyes of the British public, that's how we won the war. You know what I mean? Like that's what, well, not obviously there were people like fighting out in Europe and stuff and that you'd say that's how we won the war, but to the British people, just to make them feel like they did something and well they did that they like held it down i guess is what they did for that period of time you know what i mean like they needed mm-hmm. to like help out and stuff like that so everyone like chipped in and it's it's admirable and it's like this team spirit and everyone together but after the 1950s this thing started to happen you've got like the children of the people that live through the war are born okay in like the 50s and then they become like teenagers just around like the beginning of the 60s going into like going through to the 70s and they're like becoming young adults and in that generation a disconnect between the middle class and the working class and the government happened in america and in britain it's like a a distrust that you know like now the distrust in the government is huge like it's yeah. absolutely like massive. Yeah, massive. But yeah, it wasn't like that at one point. Like the relation, yeah, the relationship between the state and the people has been much better in previous times than it has now. And this thing started happening called like, if you look at like 1950s, you know, the, the culture that inspires like all the Fallout games. 
it's very much like we'll go down to the baseball game with our gal and have a milkshake and it's all like very uh what's the word? it's like nice and all the yeah. music that come in out then was very like romantic and singing songs about the moon and let me hold your hand and all that it was i don't know for lack of a better word like cute i guess like nice yeah. Yeah. obviously the downside of that is everything's yin and yang and there was like obviously massive domestic violence problems and alcohol abuse and like all this stuff going on there that that's life like i'm not trying to paint this like a perfect image of the 50s being all romantic but i'm just saying that's how there was no rock and roll now you don't like identify rock and roll you identify with hip-hop but hip-hop is just the latest version of rock and roll and i'll explain yeah, yeah of course yeah, yeah. So you've got all these nice songs and these men in suits like Dean Martin and Frank Sinatra singing about girls and the moon. All of a sudden Elvis comes along and he's got a guitar and he's like shaking his hips like crazy. No one's ever seen that before, like a pelvis going like that on television. And he's talking about how like <laughs> he's not like being as obtuse as a rapper, maybe like a little pump in the way they talk about women, but he's being pretty provocative. Like he's like, for his time yeah for his time he's like I want to take yeah. you girl I'm going to do some stuff and it's all very yeah. it, and it inspires the youth it gets them all fired up and the war's <clears> just <throat> over and their parents are like all battered and beaten up emotionally from the war and they're like looking at the youth all wiggling their hips and talking about holding hands and stuff like that and they're like this is outrageous this is bang out of order sort of thing you know and it creates what a man should do or whatever yeah, they, like back in Victorian times, the teenage years didn't happen. You were just like a kid and then you were an adult. Yeah. It's like things started happening of like the teenage. And what a teenage is like typically, in, not so much anymore because things have like changed. But if we think about the time maybe me and you grew up in, teen teenagers, the whole vibe around them is like, fuck mum and dad, isn't it? Like that's like... Yeah, yeah. Kind, um, like you love them, like do everything the opposite of what they say <laughs> kind of it's just stupid but but yeah. it, it is silly to grow up after which you look out of it but that kind of attitude developed out of these this generation that had to live through the war and they had to be very strict or many wars it's like lineages of people that have lived through all these wars and had all this pain and trauma like the grandparents of the people that are in World War Two, they lived in World War One, and it just goes back and back and back. And all of a sudden, things started to like loosen up for a hot second. And this hot music started coming in, and this generation blossomed. And it's the generation that became like young adults in the 1960s. And they were like wild, and they started making music, and they started talking about like doing what you want. And a lot of this stuff came from like you've got a few different people you've got these people in like america that are like writing poetry about how they feel that the government is like pressing them down and how like you know they work all day and break their back and fucking don't get paid enough and stuff like that that mm -hmm. whole like conversation starts to begin a lot of the like early music's based around all of that and these poets and these creative people obviously there's no like internet at this point so it's actually people getting together with guitars and notebooks and pens and pads and stuff like that and just being free and creative and you can talk like me and you were talking right now in those spaces but that's the that's 
this sort of discussion that we're having now, man, there's people that me and you know that think that this conversation that we're having is like worthless. Like, why would you listen to it? I've got like better things to be doing with my time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm a firm believer in that words are like in trapping like what you can get trapped in words like you walk into a room and say dog everyone's picturing a different dog they're like not a specific enough way unless you're really good at talking which a lot of people aren't myself included i'd like to be more concise in the way that i speak but i think that these conversations are like beneficial because they're free you know what i mean like it gets it gets us like into some mood that we can just Feel free to. Me and you could do this for like five hours if we want. Yeah, oh yeah. Oh, hundred percent. I could. I could stand here and talk to you about this same film, even though it's two hours long. I could stay here and talk about it for hours and hours and hours. And that's just and one it. film, and there's like. We could pick, pick and point every single scene that we've seen in that film. Yeah, and there's books. And just be like... Yeah. And there's films, and there's music, and there's, <clears throat> there's a whole world of information out there that comes from the brains of people that feel the same as people feel today. Mm-hmm. And that is, like, where the beauty is between the connection between an audience and an artist is that you then have an opportunity to to say to people, hey, I feel the same as you, and if we all say that we all feel the same, then, like, change will happen, basically. Yeah. So that's, like... Which is what gets me when it comes to, like, the government, you know what I mean? Like, the government goes off what other people, like, the rest of the country go off. Do you know what I mean? If the well, whole of America, separation. it's like a massive separation between the government yeah. and the 1% and the 99%. Now, I hate those terms because it makes you sound like a conspiracy theorist, but this is just like basic stuff. And uh, this film, people are talking about this stuff 50 years ago. And this is what I'm saying that, like, in the 1960s, it was the first time that this sort of conversation could ever start happening. Not ever, but like in a big way. Like, it yeah. reached through the music of like the Beatles, Pink Floyd, all the first like people to be doing like rock and roll, like Jimi Hendrix, all the, uh, the Rolling Stones for what they did. Um, it created this thing called like counterculture. So you've got like culture mm-hmm. and back in the 1950s culture would be like all sorts of new like don't want to get too deep into this. The Nazi party were the first people to do like propaganda in a big way. And propaganda mm-hmm. covers a lot of different bases being like films funded by the government to push whatever ideas that they were pushing advertisements for products, because what the products do products contain the fuel and the things that we use to like operate. So government would obviously want to use advertisements to direct people to different products that they want to shift for different reasons, good or bad, however you want to do that. But like Nazi Germany was the first, they were like a very efficient government in that sense. And when World War II ended, these ideas and these ways of operating in government were taken by the US and 
British government and the Russian yeah. government and the biggest government in the world and implemented, basically. And call it what you want, but I think getting someone to go to watch a film that has been made specifically with an idea in mind, but then selling it as something for the consumer that's like, use this to relax. Like, we've made you work all day, and now go after you feel like really tired after work and your inhibitions are lowered and like you're, you're running low and you're tired, go watch this film we've made about this thing that we want you to do. Like it's, <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's my, it's my, my controller. Yeah. But, my controller. And that people are like, Ooh, when you use that word, but how else do you think that a small group of people control a large group of people? Like, come on. Come exactly. On. It's, it's, it's unbelievable to think that everyone's everyone's like fighting for for something that millions and millions of people have like died for or whatever and yet when it comes to the government they're like well you know what it's millions and millions of people that are not us. So, uh, whatever. Do you know what I mean? And then yeah, the, and the, then the, the, the majority the, of discussion that occurs surrounding this stuff occurs in the public sphere. It's on like this level where we're at. The mm-hmm. people that are actually like in control, they like do these press conferences, they do what they have to do. And it's like, uh, I imagine not an expert, but time-consuming. I imagine, like, mm-hmm. running a country or managing a large group is not something that the everyday person has any business in commenting on. Like, apart from if it directly affects you, then you, you're fit to make a comment, but don't act like you have, like, the... Uh, <laughs> all the opinions to run the country. Like, I think if you complain about government in a big way, then you're basically saying, elect me. Like, I'm I'm the answer. This is wrong, and I've got the answers. Yeah, but if you don't, then people are like, ah... Uh, well, okay. no one seems to, it, and that's what this film is about. It's always like, people need a leader. Do you know what I mean? Like, some, well, majority of people seem to want someone to lead them to a safe place. They well, want someone to have moment. all the answers. That's but the they want that person to also give them all the answers to every question that they have. And it's it's sort of impossible for a, someone of even the government to have every single answer at any, any given point. You know what I mean? Someone could just come in right now and be like, well, I want to know about coronavirus. What, what's this? Huh? What, what are you talking about? Huh? What What are you doing to stop it? Like if if the I feel like wanted... what the people are asking for is God. Like that's what you just said. You said that everyone's asking for some sort of end, some thing that would give all the answers to them for all the problems yeah. that they ever had. Well, you're talking about like some unfeasible being. You're talking about like it's not a human you're talking about because there's no yeah, human of course not. The answer. So what? And I think you're right, Martin, is we have these people that lead the country, but they have no like soul or spirit. And people are asking, 
for a bit of soul, you know? That's what mm-hmm. I think people are looking for. And I'm going to try and steer this back to the holy mountain. But the, just the amount that we just went off track talking about this film, Martin, shows, just in my opinion, how important this film is. Like, it's, it's mm-hmm. layered. It opens up all these topics to be able to talk about this stuff. And the idea of the statement, you are excrement and you can change yourself into gold, is one that it's a pretty it's a historical idea. You've seen that first Harry Potter film, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Philosopher's Stone. Well, like this idea of a philosopher's stone is like something that goes way back into like medieval history and even like Middle Eastern Arabic history and further. And if you ask people, I guess one of the most famous accounts of alchemy would be Isaac Newton. Um, and he, um, I'm just going to like, I'm just going to unabashedly Google what Isaac Newton did. I believe it's something to do with, he discovered gravity, but if I get it wrong, I'm just going to look and Isaac silly. Newton. Yeah. Natural day philosopher, optics, calculus, theory of relativity. Yeah. He just did, you know, like a whole load of like stuff that people regard as good science still to this day. But he mm-hmm. also believed in alchemy which if you asked people like on the street what alchemy is they'd be like oh that's people who think they can turn like bad metal into gold back in like the medieval okay now that is this is like um you excrement you can turn yourself into gold well that's not what alchemy is that's like the metaphor of what alchemy is it's about Mm -hmm. personal transformation like they're saying that the uh, the normal state of humanity is like like a bad metal shit. It's mm-hmm. like poison. But you can turn yourself into gold through like personal transformation. Like nothing, no action is required in the outside world. It's 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 in there where like mm-hmm. you know we were talking about seeds earlier. Like you are like a factory that gives out things. You want to make sure that the source of the, of the factory is good. So that's what alchemy is. Uh, it's nothing to do with like turning rocks into gold or anything like that. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's like, but that's a whole thing. Like, that you see what I mean? Like, people are really confused by that. People, <laughs> it's like they've been misdirected because of yeah. the weird way. Back before science was as like, we've got science to a point now where everything's like, this is that this is this, this is, you know what I mean? Like where science is the, is the standard we use to measure reality. Yeah. Yeah. Where, so. when ex- ex- the thing is when something is explained, you call it science. You're like, this is science. When well, something. Science explains phenomena. Phenomena yeah. is life. That like we experience phenomena and science comes up and labels it. As soon, yeah, as soon as, as soon as you like, you see something that you can't explain. You're like, that's magic. It, well, it's back scary. back in like, back, back in back in like 1500s, maybe even up to like the 1800s, it was like, oh, it's magic. You know what I mean? Exactly. Now, now, now it's that's alien. You know what I mean? They've, that's, they've that's gone from they've, they've gone from oh, this is magic to this is alien. Yeah, that's that, that what alien is 
very bad. It has given us. It's the same. It's the same thing. Do you know what I mean? Like you can't explain it, but as soon as you can explain it, you're like, "Whoa, that's science." But then, then as soon as you can't explain it, it's either magic or alien. And you're like, "What?" It's a blurred line. They live very closely to one another. Um, mm-hmm. But then, but in the public's perception, I thought, this is the main problem: is the public's perception. There's like this big. We all think that we operate as these like individuals like i'm me and this is what i am and we're all very proud of but like we operate as like a hive mind and there's like general conceptions and uh, stereotypes that we hold in our like big group mind about things you know what i mean and it takes quite a bit to change those opinions and that factors into like how famous people are treated and how politicians are treated and how we react to it's awfully predictable, don't you find, the way that, like, generally the masses respond to, like, political events and, and things like that. It's kind of like this sense of, like, cynicism. Oh, God, yeah. It, it's just chaff to drink over your beer, isn't it? Like, mm-hmm. everything's spoken about in the same tone. It's all like, oh, oh, oh this happened, and it's like this, and fuck this, and fuck that. <laughs> it. It's not a good attitude, but it's developed out of like the government not looking after us and us having generation after generation of people feeling like they've been crushed down. Yeah. And in the nineties, 19- make, make into a fucking I don't know, into a thing that you can mold. A fucking metal which you can turn into a robot. <laughs> and the idea of like all these planets coming to the main character of this film speaks kind of like if you were to get into astrology which is something that I keep one eye on and keep another eye off because it's in one sense full of insight and then in another sense absolute nonsense in my opinion with stuff like that it's all about what you get from it if you can read a horoscope and it makes you think that you're the shit and then you can go do really well at your like job or thing that you love to do and you use it as like a self-empowerment thing like that, mm-hmm. I think it has like great benefit in like getting you to use the placebo effect to for self-empowerment. Don't be a yeah. dick. Like, that's like, that should just be the rule with everything. I like, don't walk around and being like, my star chart says that I'm Jesus or anything silly. Yeah. Like that. yeah. silly. <laughs> but if you can use it to push parts of your personality that are... To empower yourself, yeah. Yeah, and it's like sustainable, then astrology is beneficial. And if you wanted to get into astrology and and look into it, you can kind of see that over the years, as I said, before science, back in ancient times, people were just like measuring reality as they saw it. And that's why like all the cave art back in the day is like of animals. That was like how we measured reality. You'd we could see cows and we could see birds and we could see these things. So if somebody did something that reminded you of a bird, you'd, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Can you see how that kind of conversation would happen before like science and anything you'd use reference points on what you could see. And that's how your language. Would be. Yeah. Yeah. So as humans got better at seeing things, 
we noticed that were like these things knocking around in the sky, like twinkly things. And we, we kind of started like writing them down, taking notes of them. And obviously as more people developed, we all had like different ideas about what these different dots were. And over the years, a general consensus was developed that there was like seven big boys out there, big planets. Seven big boys. Yeah, they yeah. shined in different ways. And it's... It, Astrology, like, it, it's about the nature of things. You know, in Pokemon, mine, when you, like, catch a Pokemon, it will be like this one. Has, it, nature is a thing. If you go into the Pokedex, you can see the nature of yeah. Pokemon. Hasty nature. Yeah. Like like that. that is how you should view the, the world. Look for the nature of things. Like, the nature of phenomenon is how you're going to get a lot of insight out of the world. And what I mean by that these ancient people constructed like whole mythoses, mythologies around these little shiny things in the sky that they could see and the way that they flashed and like, because Mars was red and there's some sort of connection between like anger and redness, you can like, Mars became the god of war. Like, yeah. think how that connect, but it's because like, you don't have any of this. Like right now, I just look to my right and like I'm looking at a bookshelf full of DVDs. That's like hours of stuff that's shot on equipment made to mimic the human organs that was developed over hundreds of years showing action. It's mind-boggling. We're overstimulated constantly with like all this stuff. But back then, all they had to look was that up there. It was the sky. Yeah, that's yeah. it. They, so, they, had, they had no distraction to put them to rear them off the path that they were going to. Exactly. So all these, all the planets over time had different emotions and kind of habit patterns attributed to mm -hmm. them. Through like Egyptian mythology, Sumerian, Greek, Roman. The Roman one is based all on the on the planets. That's what it, they became quite important. Like you've mm -hmm. got the Sumerians had gods that weren't planets and you the Egyptians had gods that weren't planets, but there was all connections between them. And it, was, it wasn't until the Romans that they scooped up the Greek mythology, which was based on the Egyptian and the Sumerian stuff, and the Romans turned them all into planets. So it's quite yeah. important, this planet stuff. It represents all these different like ideologies and ways that humans behave and stuff like that. And that's, if you really want to get into your star charts and you really want to know what's like knocking around with it, that's the avenue you'd be going down, not downloading these apps and just having them tell you how to live your life. That's like not, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Not very uh, healthy. It, no, it's not very healthy at all. And this film shows you these people that represent the planets coming. And we didn't really go deep on this bit of the film because I needed, I wanted to explain what I just said before we got into that bit of the film. Cause that's what those people represent. They come to him, the alchemist, a hand was extended to the main character after he saw all this problem going on in the world and a character said you are excrement later we might talk about the idea of how the individual is just a concept and we're all the same thing living a different slice of the same thing and that Mm -hmm. would change the statement you are excrement and you can be gold until we are excrement and we can be gold as a whole yeah. race whole yeah. thing and intelligence well obviously we can use, we can use the, the the bit of ourselves that is 
so the worst, the 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 bit that we push aside and turn it into something. I wouldn't say magical, but like it's whatever you want to call it. And if you want to call it magic, and that makes you feel like you can achieve the things that you want to achieve, then call it magic. Call it whatever you want to call it. I don't care if you call it call false. It but you know what I mean? Like it, it mm. really does not matter what you call it. It's about the belief in the thing. Uh, this is why I keep, I have just picked these ideas up from many different people. Not one person. It's, it's David Lynch. It's Jodorowsky. It's Terence McKenna. It's Robert Anton Wilson. It's, it's many different people. And it's the Beatles. It's, it's all these people that are cross, You've got like all these famous people and people that have like made names for themselves. And this same message just keeps cropping up throughout, throughout like all of them. And it gets to the point where you watch a film like The Holy Mountain and you're like, well, this is just obvious. Like this is like giving you the keys, basically. So he goes through like he goes through all these people that represent the planets and each planet you get like this over exaggerated version of what that planet represents mars um a weapons manufacturer venus being a cosmetics manufacturer because venus is like the planet of beauty saturn being a war toy maker because saturn is like um chronos death and all of that um a pleat like architect representing pluto there's all these if you were to go to a fortune teller they'd use the same logic of the planets to mm-hmm. attack parts of your personality so kind of keep it real simple in terms of narrative main character sees a load of bad stuff happening in the world a hand is extended out to him and the different planets show him the different parts of the human psyche and the human brain and the way that we act and you see an exaggerated version of all the good and bad parts then they try to climb the holy mountain once they have this knowledge and they get there and they find this bar full of people that think they've already climbed the mountain or they don't need to climb the mountain and that's why i love that physical man so much because he is like he is the person that is convinced he's the atheist he's the dogmatic i've got it all worked out guy and he's Mm -hmm. like well, I don't need to climb the mountain. Why would I ever need to do that? Like I've well, got I this can go through it. Yeah, I can go through it. I don't need to go up. And they're, they're, they're very self-assured. And mm-hmm. I, I, I laughed. I remember seeing that for the first time and I was like, I laughed out loud. I thought, that's so funny. <laughs> this over-exaggerated version of a lot. It's like, it encompasses the mindset of things I see on a daily basis back out in the in the system when it's up and running mm-hmm. um and yeah you see all these different people they engage in drugs or in in that bar it's all about physical the the nothing mental it's all about you know what i mean being strong and like mm-hmm. all of that this reality because there's no magic out there there's nothing special there's no way it's all this is this right here solid which find very funny. So then they start to climb the mountain and as you get to the top of the mountain, you're simply told that there is no mountain and it's just this. Like, it, it is everything. It is, it's the whole film. It is, as I just, if you, there is this thing, like you can, you can 
dogs can't create something out of nothing. Frogs can't create something out of nothing. Apes look just like us, but there's obviously something different about us. And I'm sat in a room that, you know, this is like a harp that uses tension to make these strings vibrate and you can push your fingers down and create all different noises. Like we have created mass innovation on a crazy scale. There's something about the human brain that puts together concepts and uses the building blocks that we've put got around us to create new things. That is magic. There is no other thing on the planet that can do that apart from creating shit. All the other create shit and we create gold. We can do it. But how do you do it? Well, you have to have strong self-belief. And that's not to say be a dick. Like, I can't get across strongly how someone like me, like, looking at a camera and being like, imagine things, believe in yourself, and just do want to be like oh well he's an egotistical piece of shit because he believes in himself so it's like no just don't be a dick but do the things that you want to do in a healthy respectful manner and to not be a dick you need to have morals and ideologies thought about and you have to make sure that uh, if you're gonna come into the awareness that you are a creation factory like you see pictures in your head and you can create them you're gonna need to make sure that your factories ran with good morals practices and standards that's it. That's the basic key to like some other companies, but we won't get into that. All right? <laughs> no, not, not the one that you work at or anything like that. <laughs> no, of course not. No, no. Yeah, but you're not like... It's universal, Martin. It, there's no good in complaining all the time. Like no, you, of course not, no. There's no... They're just words. You put yourself... You, the thing is, sometimes it seems like oh, like all hope is lost, but sometimes you, you put yourself in that situation and I, for a fact, can't complain about the where I work or whatever because I'm in that situation because of me. You know what I mean? Like that, you can change I could, anything. About- I could, exactly. Like I could, I could have changed this 10 days after I was, I started working there. I could have changed it the hour I started working there by going, no, I don't want to work here. I want to work somewhere else. You know what I mean? Like there's no point. I would stop talking to every single person that you know, only wear animal fur and live in the forest. If like, if you really want to do that, you can do whatever you want. Whatever, whatever. Yeah. I'm really getting interested in the idea of like talent because if, if one can do anything, now anything, people are like, oh, I don't know, that word anything conjures up, people start thinking about flying and shooting lasers out their fingers, but isn't that just I nonsense? Never thought, like, why, why would that be I the first thing that you do? It's not the first thing. And like trying to set up a lineage and like a, um, a chain of like a family that was full of good ideas and stuff like that, that's going to create more humans that do good things and stuff like that. That should be the mindset. Not like everyone's first idea. If you could have a superpower, if you could like, if you were magic, what would you do? And it's like, Oh, I'd look at people when they didn't know I was there. Or I'd fly like, what are you talking about? Like, this is why you, you don't have superpowers. Because that's because you, 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 Yeah. You, you misuse them. them. 
Uh, to be honest, the only thing, the only thing, whenever I, th- I heard the question, what would you do, like, what would you do if you had like a, a superpower or like if, if somebody asked me, oh, you can do anything or whatever. The first thing I would want to do is be able to see. That's the only thing, like, that's the first thing that always comes into my mind every yeah, single time. Yeah, that you've been um, handed... Every time. You know, you've been dealt a, a bad set of card, Martin, on that one. And mm-hmm. that's admirable to want, like, to want something you've never had is, I suppose, it's admirable. Whereas, you know, we're not talking about people that, like, have perfectly normal bodies, but then when they get told they want superpowers, they're like, I want laser vision or something like that. <laughs> what, like, it's <laughs> laser vision, literally. What, you could, like, burn people with your eyes for all these people that are coming for you in this <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, if looks could kill, you want to actually do that? Is that what you're trying to say? Like, I'd, I don't know. I don't know. What I'd want, it's a great responsibility being asked. If you had a superpower, what would you want? But it'd be something that could bring joy to many. I know. You know. Yeah. But that is the point of the Holy Mountain, Martin. That is the point of that film, kind of that, <laughs> that you have the keys, you can do what you uh, want to do with your life. Mm-hmm. So... We've been on this for quite a long time. I feel like it's uh, getting to a point where we should. I feel like off. being directed off camera. <laughs> what do you mean? By a, a, a third party. Who, me? Yeah. No, 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 not at all. No. You, you want to look around? I don't, I don't think you do. I trust you. But, what? I, I trust you. <laughs> okay, good. Uh, just, I'm just saying it because I don't, I know we can talk for hours, but. Uh, I think you're. Done, uh, we, you only went to sleep three hours ago. But when I said at the beginning of this that you, like you, we, we began this and you were freaking out about what this film was about and the point of it and all of that. Do you see kind of now a bit more about like why that person, why might have made that film and, and whatnot? From, yeah. From, from talking about it, of course. Yeah. yeah I could, I could, talk, I completely see like what's he's been trying to put, even though most of the films that we've reviewed and what the, the plot and the plot of the films and the way that they're shown are completely ahead of their time. That's most of them. Do you know what I mean? Like they're completely ahead of their time. Like, Well, that's what makes me sad when like, the majority of the films now aren't on point with their message. And I'm like, 50 yeah, years like, ago. But like, okay, but that's because 50 years ago, if you, if you saw that film 50 years ago, it might not have made sense. Um, it's probably the same with films that are happening now. But it means that 
you're right that when that film came out, people that saw it didn't understand it. But what it means, Martin, is Jodorowsky and all the people that were involved in the making of that film knew and thought what I just said, like the past like hours worth of conversation. And I think that the past hours worth of conversation is full of like insight into how one can become more confident one, you know, I I think it's got the building blocks to like solve the problems that society has in there, in that film. Like it has, and if that, it angers me that 50 years ago, there must've been conversations between, and this is just one film, you know, that's without talking about 2001 and just all the other films that I've said that have, that contain this message that we'll go to talk about throughout these podcasts. That's what it's all about. Mm-hmm. This reoccurring message that appears through like all these films, like yeah, you, it's almost like if all these messages are being like keep coming up, why have no one done anything about it? Do you know what I mean? But <laughs> if you think if you think about it, the one percent rules the ninety nine percent. But you can you can. Say we can watch a hundred, two hundred, three hundred different films, and they may all have the same message. But well, you the ninety, yeah, exactly. So ninety-nine percent realize what the fuck is happening. We can't. It it can just be repeated over and over well, again. That would be the the kind of goal of the creative person filmmaker or the music maker in my eyes looking at the timeline of people that have made art and used it in this manner the only way that i can see doing it in a morally uh beneficial way would be to make things with this message and try and make sure that the message is as concise and well put together because you've got to think i won't go too deep i'm not going to keep you but when the Holy Mountain was released, yeah, that means that Jodorowsky's camp and all of that were having these conversations and talking like this, but it was, you know, we're considered to be, like, weird for talking about, talking like this anyway, Martin, and this is in 2020, so back in, like, 1970, you would be considered, like, a wacko, but it was, it was like, wackos with a lot of money, like, yeah. famous wackos, you know, like, the people that actually have some influence over pop culture and pop culture is like massively influential in the way that people live their lives. So it, it's, it's a whole thing. And it, it just, ang- it doesn't anger me because if all the problems have been solved, then I'll then be doing something different with my life. But it just seems like there's many different people throughout the history of the entertainment industry, which has only existed for like 120 years or so, this same message just seems to be coming up and it seems like a whole load of corporate shit gets made to kind of muddy the water and make messages blur the lines on whether films should even have messages in them and stuff like that. And people watch films with the thought that I don't need to get a message from this. This is designed to relax. I don't, if I take, I don't want any more in my head. There's too much in here. Don't try and give me any more sort of thing. But it, I think the whole thing is actually really simple. It's like, to, to be honest, like the films like this were always 
pop up. Like they'll just, I feel like they'll they'll be going on for years and years and years. It may not be in such a like such a massive scale as when in the sixties, because obviously in the sixties there was a lot, like you said, there was a a lot less going on. You know what I mean? Like there was a lot less technology in our hands available to us. You know what I mean? Like through through our phones and stuff. So like people were more productive back then than in when when it came to creating something new. People were more productive back then than now. Nowadays oh, everything can be yeah everything can be done on your phone and you're like well I've I got everything see. here like definitely and even with like music I I, I get I get I get I get that some that. Obviously, the films back in them were in abundance in messages that today are clear that we should get our shit together as a as a race, other than just just individuals. You know what I mean? Like, so it may it may be a lot harder now to see films with such great messages like back in the days. But I feel like there's still going to be loads and a shitload more films with more influential messages. Oh, in I them. there's definitely people that, that 100% people that know about all this stuff that we've spoke about in this episode. And the, the, the people that made The Matrix, they very much are in this world. Um, and it's only getting more and more popular, this talk. It, it does seem to be happening. Like, just if we're talking about Britain locally, you've got like Russell Brand, who's gone from this man who was like a crazed drug addict, and now he's like a spiritual yogi, and he all he talks about is like enlightenment and Carl Jung, and you've got like mm-hmm. Joe Rogan, and you've got these avenues for these long form conversations about this stuff, and I think moving for the what I take from the Holy Mountain is uh, it kind of made me stop watching films and stuff like that. Cause I get, mm-hmm. I get like the potential of like the art form, what you can do with it. You see what so I mean? What? Like the goal would to be, to be, to make something like the Holy Mountain that everybody understood. That well, I, genius. What I was trying to say was like, it's, even though there's not as much of an abundance as there was before, and these films will still now to this day, even probably now being made that have got such massively influential messages in them that obviously the some people may think, oh well, that's just that's just weird and disturbing. And I won't get into it, um, but maybe fifty years from now, we'll realize that all these films that have such massive, um, such massive messages in them, will become like the go-to for society. I hope so. I just hate you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, I do, and I, I. It pains me to see this culture of like 
doesn't matter if it's an, an album or a movie or a TV show and it comes out and it says a load of stuff that's true that people doesn't want to hear at that time just because that's not where the zeitgeist and the pop culture is at at that time. And then 10 years, 20 years, maybe even five years, people are like, this is actually oh, This is incredible. It summarizes yeah. everything about what it means to be human. And it's like... Mm-hmm. How did you miss that? Like the first of because you were all up in our because it said something that that poked who you were mm-hmm. and you were like, hey, get away from me! I'm going to get away from that. And then you ignored it for all that time, and then you came back to it when you developed a bit more as a human. You listened to it, you took it on board, and you were like, oh, this is a sentimental piece of genius. Well, I Which just hate in that process over and over and over. Can't we just it'll speak keep happening. Stuff? It'll keep happening. It's that, just not. That's, till, what that's what I'm fighting the war against, Martin. Yeah, till we gain. What's the right word here? We gain. Enlightenment, I guess. Till we gain that sort of. We've put huh? it up on a pedestal, though. You know well, what I mean? Enlightenment. Yeah. I don't think yeah. it's that big a deal. I think that's like, I think enlightenment is like turning the light on in a room. Like, why the fuck would you want to be sat in the dark all the time? You can't do anything in the room. It it depends what, it depends if you can, what, what's stopping you in the room. Like, obviously well, yeah, there's nothing stopping, stopping you getting into the light. Yeah, what's stopping you getting into that switch. Yeah, you know what I mean. To flip the switch. That's exactly it, Martin. People are in dark rooms, and mm-hmm. there's a load of stuff in front of them that they can't see, blocking them from getting to the switch. That is a, a great summary. And mm-hmm. You want to be that that light, or or that hand that helps you move through the dark, move all the shadows. That's it. I mean, just fucking. Uh, it's yeah, that, that it was a, a great. That's a good note to end the podcast. Mm, it was a great. It was a great film to watch. Um, weirdest shit, the weirdest film I've ever seen. But it was. I'm glad it was an experience. I persevered through it because I thought I've got to. I've got to do this. I've got to. I've got to watch this. I mean, this it is, obviously gave us a lot to speak about, mine because this is like the longest podcast we've done in like four, <laughs> five episodes. Which, yeah, you know, we drop drop a two hour one every now and then. When? So why not? film like The Holy Mountain, I think it's warranted. Of course, yeah. Uh, I hope you look after yourself, man. Yeah, you too, man. Um, go to sleep, and um, I'm sure, you know, we'll, your work permitting, we'll be cracking out another one of these next week at some point. Yeah, oh, well, I don't, I don't go back for another week, so the next film, when you give me the next film you suggest, I'll watch it. I'll watch it tomorrow night, and then the next the next day I'll give you a message and we'll get the podcast going. And then we'll pr- we'll do two this week before I go back to work, and then I'll go back and yeah, we'll talk about one a week. So yeah. thank you very much, everyone, for listening. Please check us out MIPLTD on the mm-hmm. Instagram, MIPLTD.org on the website. We got loads of stuff coming. It's just, it's all happening, oh, man. It's all happening. It's a fucking lockdown, ain't it? That's what it is. But yeah, but keep updated with us on all those social media outlets. Look after yourselves, guys. See you. See you.